Hello and welcome to the Stress Sessions Mental Health Podcast. You're listening to Series 4, Episode 13. And there's no point in rambling on for a couple of minutes just to try and fill this gap. I'm just going to get going. This week, I'm speaking to none other than Lindsay and Adele from Bewitched. And welcome to the stress sessions, Lindsay and Adele. It's lovely to have you. Luke, thank you so much for having us. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Yeah, good. It's a good day. What is the one song that puts you in a really happy, positive mood? Oh, SWV right here. I absolutely love it. I don't know what it is. And I want to replay it once it's played like over and over again. And as soon as those beats at the top come in, oh, I am there. And it just makes me so happy. That's quite a tough one. There's probably a few. It would definitely be an upbeat. Definitely be an upbeat. What did you say? Now I've got it in my head. Oh yeah, it'd be something like because um, I'm happy. Who's who's that by? I can't even remember who it's by. Oh, happy Pharrell Williams. Yes, Pharrell Williams. Yeah, that makes me happy. Yeah, well, we do this thing in our house and we go, Alexa, play, and it's whoever says what they want played first. And every single time, Enya goes, Happy! <laughs> we're oh, all like, Enya! <laughs> oh, should have yeah. And then yeah. I was, uh, Harley used to say, Harley used to play, Man's Not Hot. <laughs> Man's Not Hot. Now the hot. It's like, Oh, really? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> We did a podcast over lockdown and it was, um, well, it was kind of us bearing all as well. So we talked about a lot of our own mental health issues and situations we would have gone through that no one would have ever heard or spoke of. And and the reason why we did that was basically just because, just to show people that actually we've fallen down as well. And that if you speak about it and then you, you want to kind of fight it, basically you can stand back up and carry on, um, start over, so to speak. So it's it's a good match. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's like you said, you know, it's about normalizing it. And I think for us, it was kind of like, yeah. I suppose, a ch- an opportunity to um, say, well, you know, we're, we're human too. Just because we've had X career, it doesn't mean that we're, you know, we're not exposed to the same situations and, you know, yeah. mental struggles, actually, that everybody else is. And it was kind of just an opportunity to reach out and um, relate to people, really. Mm-hmm. Was it kind of the whole lockdown thing that made you guys start doing that? So was it like you felt like it was, I don't know. I, I think when you, because like, like me, I think during lockdown, I felt like it's a safe space because it was literally just speaking to people over over a computer computer screen. And I, I just thought nobody's going to listen to it. So mm. it's, uh, you were wrong. You were wrong. You were. It was also, it was also mm-hmm. a time where people kind of got off the treadmill for a minute. And it was, it was a time where people could actually look at themselves and assess their life or, or reassess what's going on for them and actually maybe just spend a little bit of time looking inward and and I think it probably has brought a lot of things to the forefront and made people realize that actually you know what I'm not happy with this life I'm going to change it or you know I didn't realize that that's what I was going through you know and 
It's only when you stop doing all the time, just doing, 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 doing the daily grind that you actually even realize that there's stuff going on for you sometimes, you know? It's a strange one to come back from and life is really back in full force now, isn't it? I think that's where something like your podcast is still so important and relevant and in the busy times to make sure that you still speak about it and find the space to actually talk about your mental health Mm -hmm. and how you are and find out how others are as well, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes people can get so busy, they don't see past themselves, but it's like, you would just stop for a moment and ask someone, are you okay? Or just Mm -hmm. recognize that they're not for a minute. Because you'll probably know yourself when you're suffering with mental health, it's like you almost want somebody to ask you how you are, don't you? Rather than you sharing it, because it's actually quite hard to just pick up and share it by yourself. But if mm-hmm. someone can just recognize it in you for a moment and go, are you actually okay? Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, well, I know I'm not actually. And then it, just it, all gives, comes, it you know? gives people an opportunity to share, doesn't it? Because like you said, yeah. sometimes you feel like you don't necessarily want to bring something up or maybe you feel like, as I know myself, sometimes if I'm you know, going through something, I, I kind of think, God, I feel like all I do is talk about it. And people probably thinking, would you just shut up? But they don't <laughs> think that. Do you know what I mean? It's just that I feel that. And if some unless somebody asks me, how is that thing going or whatever, then yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I can I can tell you actually that's been really tough or whatever, you know? But sometimes yeah. you don't want to put it on people because you think you're putting it on people, but I know. It's true, isn't it? I've got I do a 9 a.m. call with Sinead every morning and she hears everything. And sometimes it's over and over again. It's like, now, I know we spoke about this yesterday, but I just need to go back over it again, if that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I know. Sometimes you do, though. You just need to go over and over things. Over and over yeah. and over. It's like, oh, Lord, why is this not going away? You know? No, I know. So it's a weird one, isn't it? Because, yeah, mm-hmm. before something shifts for you or something changes or... Yeah sometimes feel like you're a burden on people and it's not that you're a burden that's I think, again that's a mental thing like you're, mm. you're you're never a burden on somebody you're just exactly. literally telling them the problem and then and even if they don't know what to say or how to react to it mm-hmm. just for that other person to have the opportunity to say that yeah. is huge yeah, yeah it is absolutely no I agree absolutely I definitely agree I think for yeah, and I think for me as well, when I've spoken about it, it's then kind of to sit with myself and reflect upon what I've actually spoken about. Mm. So not always just to hear my voice, but to also sit back and just sit with what I've said or sit with what's gone on. And sometimes then it creates that space to create a new understanding or a deeper understanding on what's actually going on. And it can be quite freeing then. It's that it's that feeling of being heard, isn't it? It's a feeling of I think when something is not shared, it's such a heavy weight, isn't it? It just weighs on you. And it's Mm -hmm. like, as soon as you can talk about it to somebody, they don't have to say the right thing. They don't have to fix it. It's just, it's saying it out loud. And it's having the fact that this is real inside you. Suddenly it's a tangible thing. It's in words. It's come out of you. The other person has heard you. It is a weight lifted. It's amazing, like how much that really does make a difference. Um, a problem shared is a problem halved, isn't it? And it's, it's a cliche, but there's there's a reason why it's a cliche because it yeah. really is, you know, so true. And you know, sometimes when it's funny, isn't it? Because when we keep all these things inside, sometimes those problems can feel like the weight of the world. Yeah. And when you do actually discuss them with someone or speak them out loud, they're not half as big as we mm. thought they were. Um, and it's quite interesting. And you think, gosh, I've held on to that for so long, and I've really I've got you know I was eating up inside with this information and in actual fact once I let it go and I give it 
out to the space outwards yeah. it actually it isn't that it's not even what was going on inside it's actually yeah. so much less than that yeah totally. so you, you know we hurt ourselves I think by keeping it in yeah. because we play games don't we we play games with ourselves in our head mm-hmm. um and and you know run the scenarios down different options as well it's like the scenario is down a straight line but we might take it left or take take it right mm-hmm. and make it worse in our head than it is so sharing it is is just so important isn't it mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's also good to because I, I mean I did yesterday or the other day I, I can't remember I've lost I lose track of time these days but mm-hmm. I I had this kind of like epiphany the other day where I was out for a run and I put it up on my on my um on a reel because I, I I still don't understand reels on Instagram that well I, I no, don't get them no, they're too no, I'm too old for them but <laughs> <laughs> you're not alone but, <laughs> yeah. I, so, so I, I put this reel up and it's just me so I, I start doing I've started doing these ice baths in in, my, in a green bin yeah. in my in my garden I oh, you crazy fair play <laughs> Go no. on. I fill, when... I fill the green bin up with just cold water, chocolate oh icing, and then, and then just getting. Um, and people would, it's quite funny because people were taking the piss out of me on on the reel and were, were like, "Are you in a bin?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm in a bin." <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I basically put that up as a reel. And so going back to the runs, so when I was on my run, I started thinking because when when I run, I I listen to music and it just gives me that chance to sort of think. And yeah. I really listen to the lyrics of songs. And there's this one song that I've, I've got on my playlist at the moment. It's, it's a really unlikely band. For, have you had a run the jewels? Yeah. They're, they're like thing. a, they're like a kind of American duo rap band and they're like hardcore rap. But there's this like one lyric that kind of basically sums up my last two years and how I've kind of um, evolved and get used to who I am over the last yeah, two yeah. years. And I was thinking, I've started, I, I was suffering with a mental illness and mm. now I'm living with it. And just yeah. thinking that in my head of I'm living with it mm. just really helped. And just having that reflection and mm. seeing that change in, in my own life was like, mm. oh, shit, I've actually come a long way. And I think yeah. just to look back and reflect yeah. on what you've been through and how you're feeling and how you did mm. feel is, is such a help as well. It's yeah. actually really, it's really positive rewording that as well, isn't it? To the fact that you're living with us and not suffering with us. Yeah. To switch that word out is actually quite powerful, isn't it? Yeah, it's reframing, isn't it? Yeah, that's amazing. Really powerful. I'm going to go and clean my bin for tomorrow morning. <laughs> I, need to, I need to use bleach mine. It's, <laughs> it's so fun. interesting, isn't it? That music is so powerful as well. Um, I remember when I was really struggling at a point and and that song was really prominent to me you know that i don't want the world to see me because oh, yeah. i don't think that they did you feel that as well the goo goo dolls right yeah. yes so guess what that song yeah. was yeah. the first dance of my wedding oh <gasps> well, really wow. was it wow yeah. it's such and a beautiful song and those lyrics we, are so powerful we picked it for the for the lyrics because it's like yeah. that that summarizes me <laughs> in general yeah. it is but it is when you're really struggling like that it's exactly that you don't want people to see you because you just don't feel they'll understand mm. and the other song that I actually play quite a bit in my head actually you know when you end up in scenarios that are just like you know do your head in and I play this song in my head and I'm going like that you know this and I can't remember who the band is but it's um oh like smile like you mean it 
la 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 and I have that song playing in my head and I just got a smile on and go that'll get me through this situation mm, I know and it, but it is that isn't it sometimes you do feel like the world won't understand and that you're the only person that feels this particular thing that you're going through and it's, and it's like, not likely to be that way either. no it's not and you know it's just it's just taking that leap of faith and actually just I think I think it depends on on it's all different situations isn't it because there's a lot of other factors that come into play sometimes like I don't know like you know maybe if someone else is involved in what you're feeling and you don't want to expose them or mm-hmm. maybe you know maybe it's to do with um new parenthood and you don't want to you feel guilty saying anything negative because you don't want to reflect reflect badly on your baby or your children and it's like all these guilt and other other emotions come into play and hold you back from being vulnerable and being and helping yourself you know what I mean just reaching out for a bit of help and that's I find that so sad because I think that's a fear of being judged isn't it that's like a fear of what the world is going to see your problem as and and the truth is that everybody goes through something at some point you know what I mean so it's like we're all in this together you know we can we can help each other along it's not you know we should and we shouldn't judge each other if you know if people do that you know everyone is doing their best um and all feelings are valid so even if it's something that you can't imagine feeling it's still somebody else is feeling that and that is valid and that is real for them you know yeah it's interesting actually you say that because when I went through my marriage struggles and my divorce struggles, I really struggled to share what was going on because I was holding the sensitivity of what it was for my ex-husband as well. And I I struggled to share his secrets because they weren't just mine. They were also his really struggled with that actually for a very long time. And until, yeah. And and until I did, even with my friends and stuff, it it didn't really get any any lighter until I actually started to share them because what I was doing at the time instead, you know, it was a period of time where, you know, I kind of had some vodka there, took a little, you know, a couple of shots in the morning to take the edge off. And I thought, well, actually, that felt really good. And it scared the life out of me because I thought that felt really good. I'm not actually going to do that again. I mean, I had three really young kids at the time and I just could not afford to do that. But I, there were moments where I suffered anxiety and I would hide myself in the utility room, just shut the door for a period of time and just try and breathe through it and get through it because I just couldn't hold the kids in that moment. And it was like, I've just got to sit with this. Um, I remember hiding in a wardrobe at one point. We were on holidays in America and I just did not want anyone to be around. I was really suffering and there was a really big wardrobe. And I have to say it was the safest place I've ever been in, which is kind of crazy. Um, But it was lovely being in there and I could hear people calling me and going, where is she? Where is she? And I just did not want to answer. And I was just crying my eyes out and just feeling really safe in this small, dark space. And it sounds like kind of crazy now. But that's what I did and it's what I actually needed. Um, And then I went through a period of time where I was self-harming as well. I would like punch myself in the head or I would pull my hair. And and, and this was literally all because I was not sharing my feelings and I wasn't Mm. sharing what was going on for me. And Mm. simply because I was trying to protect somebody else. And it's just, it's too important. It's not even about protecting someone else. And although that's lovely to try and do that, you also have to protect yourself. Mm. So it wasn't until I realized that I really needed to start voicing what was going on for me Mm. that things started to change. And that's when that's when things started to change. 
it's quite a, it's a dangerous position to put yourself in isn't it to the protector of somebody else because it really undermines Absolutely. you and your feelings and what you're going through and it's like it's mm-hmm. actually not your responsibility to do that for somebody else I think it's also hard to speak about very personal stuff to friends and family sometimes because mm-hmm. I I've not spoken about it in public before but I've I went through something a couple of years ago mm. and it was the, it, it was the main reason that I started this podcast for and I haven't told a, a lot of people about it because it's quite personal mm. and I, th- I I told my parents about it very recently and it only happened and it happened two years ago and it's like I, I sometimes feel that with the really personal horrible stuff that happens mm. in your life it is so hard to share with the people closest to you do, yeah, do you find yeah. that and that it's easier to just like tell a complete stranger rather than actually telling somebody that actually care about it mm, yeah I can understand the concept of that I think yeah. for me for me especially when somebody else is involved you just you worry about what their opinion might be on that other person and how that will affect how they are with them or how that will affect even if your relationship continues how will it affect how they support you or how they view the relationship yeah I think mm. these days, I think these days I'm, <clears throat> I'm much more open and it's like you said before, like I don't care, you know what I mean? Like I just, I'll just say it and I, I don't care if somebody's going to judge me or something like I, this is what, this is what I feel today. And you know what I mean? Like, or this is what I'm going through at the moment. But I think there was definitely a long period of my life where I was so private about anything that was going on for me. Yes, um, you were quite really private in the band, Lindsay, weren't you? Like really, yeah, in the beginning, definitely. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. you know, and whether that whether that was just to do with my upbringing, my background, you know, situations that I had kind of um, taken upon myself to protect or conceal or be the guardian of, you know what I mean? Like take that mm-hmm. upon myself as a young person. Um what it formed that personality for me and it didn't serve me it didn't serve me so ultimately you know it was kind of like a journey towards being okay with being more vulnerable and being comfortable with vulnerability and um not being ashamed or not being afraid of vulnerability because there's so much so much strength and power and vulnerability it is absolutely laying yourself bare to yourself and to whoever it is you happen to be speaking to but it's um it's a strong it's a strength you know um yes. and it's definitely and it's something that um oh gosh it's it's a life changer like it really is it's definitely and it's interesting that you said to yourself as well isn't it because yeah. I remember I remember um training and acting and we it came to like a crying scene and my acting coach said to me he was just like just cry like you're by yourself in your bedroom yeah and I was like <laughs> I don't do that. And he was like, what? I even protected myself from me. Yeah. So I wasn't vulnerable enough, even in my own space. Mm-hmm. He was like, you don't cry by yourself in your room. And I, I was like, yeah, that's a problem. I need to look at that. Yeah, I know. Mm. Not, I do now. I cry like an agent now all the time. Oh, get <laughs> in the space and I'm there. <laughs> yeah. I think emotion is something you learn though. And going back to when you was talking about being in the bandlings and you you were quite quiet and you didn't really like mm. express how you felt yeah it 
I, I feel like you have to learn that because I, I remember looking back to when I was a youngster, I didn't, I had a lot of kind of like, I'd say anger and kind of sadness, but I never really showed it. And I think mm. until I felt comfortable in showing that and mm. I, I feel like I've probably cried more times this year than I had when I up until when I was like 18 it's weird mm, yeah, I, I feel like weird. that's something that you need to learn like yeah you either you either you either have the, those emotions or you don't and mm-hmm. to, to kind of develop as an adult you have to learn them and yeah I, definitely I eventually learn them I guess yeah exactly it, sorry I was just gonna say I feel like that's slightly tied up with um feeling like your feelings count because for me anyway I think I think a lot of what was behind my privacy was that I didn't necessarily thought I didn't necessarily think that my feelings counted or were important enough to bring up or which is so silly like do you know what I mean but I think that that's that's got something to do with it and it's actually um coming to a point where you realize how important your own and valid your own feelings are and um your emotions and your mental state um, and it's honoring that and it's actually standing up for it as well because sometimes you've got to fight a little bit for that to be accepted or to be heard or to be whatever and it's like that takes a bit of learning as well you know with yeah. the, the standing up for it. it's like and the boundaries you know it's like for my self-care and for my mental health I need to say no to this I don't need to justify myself I don't have to explain, but you have to just respect that that's what I'm doing for myself. And it's being able to say that and not feel like you're being ridiculous or, you know what I mean? And, and it's actually, that's part of it as well. And I don't think I could do that back then. It's interesting, Luke, hearing you speak as well, because obviously we're female and you're a male. And I think that the whole speaking thing and speaking about your emotions and holding them, is so it's different for men. Mm. um you know women are always connected to being emotional and maybe speaking and etc so it's maybe a little bit easier for us the idea Mm. of speaking but it's quite new it's quite new isn't it to ask a man to speak up about how he feels because you know a lot a lot of men of our age were actually brought up and it's just like oh come on you're a man you know take it on the chin don't cry you're a man tough enough and that's about all you got in actual fact yeah, which is quite sad, isn't it? Because you weren't you weren't given the right to speak really with half of people the way they were brought up because it's you're mm-hmm. the man and you're you're supposed to be harder than that. It's like that's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Because now we understand that vulnerability is actually braver than being quiet. Yeah. It's just positioned all wrong, like. I d- I definitely feel like it's changed though a little bit, but I think that like I I completely agree. Like I remember when I used to get upset as a kid and my dad used to be like, oh, stop being a big girl's blouse and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, yeah. what? what? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Oh, no, um, yeah. But it, that was just the, I think that was the. The era. The men, the yeah. mentality back then. Yeah. That was yeah, the mentality. Right. I mean, 20, 25, 30 odd years ago, that was, that was mm-hmm. the way it was. Yeah. And it's, it's slowly changed and it's, it's changed a lot more over the last couple of years, but mm. having grown up with, that being sort of nailed into you you always go back to that don't you and think oh well am I behaving in the right way am I acting correctly and should I be saying these things it's it's hard Mm. hard. it kind of it plays with your head a little bit 
it makes yeah. me sad actually sometimes when I hear that being said to a little boy actually mm-hmm. brings an emotion to me I just feel so sad for that little boy and I do hear it you know in playgrounds and they fall over and it's like still you know come on you're a man don't cry don't you're you're a big boy and it's just like no he's not he's three mm. he doesn't mm. want to be told he's a big boy he wants to cry in his mum or dad's arms and just be a child you know what I mean it makes me feel really sad to hear that being said it's like no you can cry if you want to are you getting upset I was oh you were oh, so sad, though. So sad. Like, children should be allowed to cry but it's interesting Lindsay, isn't it because um although things are changing people are still using the same words that they've heard before so they might not even mean it the way it's landing but like when kids are so vulnerable at that age mm. and they take the information in and they hear it exactly as you're saying it mm-hmm. exactly that way it's funny you know mm. and even sometimes Sophia will come home from school and she'll say I fell over today mummy and I'll go oh, did you darling and she'll go but I didn't cry I was really brave and I was like but it's okay if you, if you cry you don't have brave. to be brave you can cry that's okay if you hurt yourself and tears are coming you don't have to hold them in just let them come no, because crying is brave. Why are we told to hide it? Why are we told to suppress it? Or what? I don't even know if she was told, but why do we feel that maybe? I don't know. Yeah, well, and also crying is brave too. Yeah, totally. So, in fact, it's probably braver to cry. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just getting in the language correctly. But we are only really speaking about this stuff in the last kind of four or five years. Mm. It just takes time to change, doesn't it? It does. It does take yeah. a long time things to filter through doesn't it but then and there is an there is an importance as well to to your children or people understanding how to be strong as well and because we don't everything doesn't always have to be an issue too I do find myself you know saying to the kids no so how are you doing with that like are we good and they're like yep we're good with this one and then other times you see that vulnerability and you're like okay let's talk about the vulnerability we don't need to suppress that we don't need to hide it I don't have children yet and I've spoke about this a lot recently because it just seems to crop up because I'm getting to that age where I probably should have kids but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think if even when I have children I I will consciously not behave like that I'll make sure that I don't use that language because I know that it's triggering and yes. the, the children will remember it because yeah. you do mm. look back to when you're younger and go oh yeah that was said to me and mm. that wasn't nice and yeah I don't like my parents for that <laughs> or, yeah. or something like that. And it, yeah. it kind of, it you makes you think, doesn't that. it? It does make you think. And truthfully, sometimes it drives you a little bit insane as a parent. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing, going, oh, I know I'm getting something wrong. And they'll yeah. be sitting in like, you know, a psychiatrist's office when they're older. Because my mom said this, I'm feeling this way. And it's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you there. We're just doing our best. And we've got the information Absolutely. that we have. And it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard sometimes being yeah. parents knowing I mean I look at myself and I think I'm responsible for three people yeah that's like what (laughs) it's such a big task like you know yeah it is minefield I think it's also looking back as well at like the older generations and like I said they didn't know what language to use so it's not to sort of say they were wrong in saying stuff in that way like don't cry you Mm. don't like you don't need to man up and stuff like that yeah that's that was just the language that was that was current then and it was okay to say Mm, because everybody used it whereas now it's like people are are more awareness and there's the internet and there's social media and you kind of find out these things through different channels don't you so Mm. it's 
it's a little bit easy to know the right terminology to use whereas back mm. then there was none of that it was just like yeah we, we've got access to so much information now don't we I mean years ago you just had the access to the information that was you know like fed to you at home or in school or through your job but yeah. like you said we do have the internet and social media so we've got much more information about yeah. so many different things that educate us in a bigger form really in so yeah. many ways so I mean I started yoga ter- therapy about four years ago I've, I've meditated for a long time but usually it's a guided meditation so I met um, Colin Dunsmer is his name from True Yoga in London I met him about four years ago and I've been working with him and I, it's just changed things completely for me so I get up every morning at 6 a.m and I do yoga and meditation for an hour um, and then most evenings sometimes sometimes I actually go to sleep quicker but most evenings I'll do about a half an hour as well but it's literally changed things for me and I mm. and I study the yoga sutras just to understand um language and people and relationships and just the world a little bit better but it's changed everything for me completely um and I'm a, I feel like a different person without it and if there's periods of time where my life doesn't support me getting that I can find myself switching back to my default mode very easily mm. um, and, and struggling a bit more. So I, I, try and find, I try and find that freedom for myself as much as I can because it does make a massive difference. Mm. So I would definitely suggest meditation to people. And it's funny because when you talk about meditation, a lot of, a lot of people go, ooh, that's woo-woo. Like there's, no, there's nothing woo-woo about it. It's just allowing yourself to create that space to actually breathe and to listen to yourself. Um, and where the yoga comes into it as well is that, you know, you hold situations in your body in different places. So when you're stretching, it just sort of lets everything move and it frees everything up from that space and just becomes something that you can listen to mm. in here, in, in your mind, yeah. in yourself and in your heart. That's really good. You can do that every day. That's amazing. Yeah, well, and I get up at like 20 past five then the other mornings. So recognize like physical fitness is so important as well. And I find it really hard to fit it in my life with having three kids and running around. I'm a single parent as well. So now I get up at 20 past five in the morning and I do a hit workout. Then I do my yoga and my meditation. So by the time the children wow. are awake, I'm like, let's do this. Come oh my on. God, like, Adele, that is dedication. That's amazing. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm cool. like, uh, and it's weird because if you'd have said that to me a couple of years ago, I go, you're crazy. I'm not going to do that. But it's literally my favorite time. I, I absolutely, I love giving myself that time. But do you and get up super early? to get up at 20 no, I, I wish I wish like no um, I mean I try and get to bed half 10 latest I'd love to be in bed by half nine but it just literally never happens mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter what time I'm going to bed I, I get myself up because if I don't then it's a slippery slope you kind of want that sleep the next day and the next yeah. day so it's like no I'll sleep tomorrow just get it done gosh yeah that that's amazing. amazing that you've got that structure in place and it's like mm-hmm. again from from a mental health perspective to have that routine and that, that, that you found those go-to things in your life and like waking up at 20 past five in the morning I'd, I think that's crazy but if you can do it and yeah, you've got that in place yeah. as your routine that's awesome because yeah. you but found your I thing. Thought, yeah I thought it was crazy too and I thought I would never be able to get up before 6am um, until I actually just started trying it and then also there's something really beautiful about that space at 5am there's mm-hmm. not very many people up. So actually mm-hmm. I try and do it in the garden as much as I can as well, because there, it's silence and it's just you and the birds and you and life. And the energy is really different because the egos are all asleep <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh, wow, 
I'm sitting in a real pure energetic world here and it's yeah. really helping. It's really yeah. it's so nice. Like that's lovely. I think routine does really help though, because like mm. uh, I've I've started doing a crazy weird challenge over the last couple of weeks, which is to run 10 kilometers every day for a hundred days. Oh, and, that's long. That's yeah. brilliant. Every <laughs> day. I was on, I got to day 11 today and yeah. I, I really struggled with it. It's, it's really hot at the minute and mm, yeah. it's, it's horrible for running, but I'm doing it every day because I like routine and for my mm. mental health, I need structure and routine throughout my whole day to kind of mentally balance myself. Mm, so yeah. I, I ran that before speaking to you guys and I knew that, I would hate the run when I was doing it because it was so hot. I didn't want to do it. I just got back from London, but I pushed myself to do it because I knew that I'd feel better afterwards. And it's just that sense of achievement for that day. Yeah. And I think that by kind of incorporating that into my routine, like I'm not going to carry on after a hundred days because it's mental. <laughs> no, <but. laughs> every day will be crazy. hundred days is long to do that. That is long. That's a third of a year. Yeah, <laughs> well but... done Lindsay <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah actually not it's a bit less no yeah. just yeah. round it up yeah <laughs> yeah no exactly it's 30 of a year sounds good for Luke but that is that's actually a brilliant challenge isn't it it's uh you'd be interesting to see and have you got are you freeing yourself on any days like birthdays or special occasions or anything where you go no. when it's Christmas I do not have to run <laughs> No, so, so the, the last day that I'm running is Saturday, the 10th of September. So that's wow. the final run. Um, and basically what I'm going to do is try and do like a little event and ask as many people as I can to come around in London, do a yeah, 10K, course, yeah. uh, mm. do like whatever pace. Like, I don't like, I'll walk it yeah, if, my legs, if my legs are just dead, like, I don't care. Yeah. But And then I can be like, oh, I've done it, cool. And so I love that you should try and set that up as a, a mental health charity run like at the end of your 100 days for the mental health charity of your choice or whatever so that's a really cool idea yeah this is an advert this is an advert since giving up alcohol last year for my mental health I've been searching high and low for a zero alcohol product that still has the great taste and quality as an alcoholic one and I think I've finally found the one in Unlimited Beer. In fact, with a choice of lager and an IPA, Unlimited Beer has got me covered from all angles. Whether I'm watching football at home or planning a barbecue with mates in the warm weather, I can have a few cheeky bottles without the alcoholic content, and most importantly, without the hangover. Whether you're teetotal or are considering giving up alcohol for a while, or are just sober curious, why not try Unlimited Beer? At just 23 calories a bottle, you just can't go wrong. And by entering the discount code LUKE10 at the checkout, you'll receive 10% off any order through www.unlimited.beer. That's www.unltd.beer. What's the darkest place you've been in mentally? And how have you pulled yourself and got yourself out of that situation? So the dark, uh, the darkest place I've been in mentally was most certainly my marriage struggles. Definitely. Um, and I remember it being so dark that there was a period of time where I didn't realize this actually until this very one moment. But I, I looked at my daughter. She was my youngest daughter. And she was very young. She must have been about seven months at the time, I'd say. And I looked at her and then I realized while I was looking at her that I'd actually seen her properly for the first time. And then she also noticed, too. 
So I kind of, I looked at her and then she sort of went to look away and then she double looked back and her eyes widened, brightened up and she just kind of went and her whole face lit up. And then it made me really sad. I, I just realized what a dark space I was in at that time. And when I realized that, and it, it was really hard to hold that for her in that moment as well, because because I was like, oh, she's out of me here and she can actually see that I've not looked at her properly at all. Um, and I just hadn't, re- I found that really, really tough. And it was, that was the moment where I thought, no, this isn't good enough where I am actually, because I want the children to understand everything that I have to give them. And I want them to understand love properly. And that's the last day that I'll actually behave that way. And I'm going to see her every day from here on in. And it was actually her. It was that look that she gave me that pulled me out from where I was, to be honest. Gosh. Mm. And that's the thing, like sometimes when you're in that dark place, it's almost like you don't realize you're there until you slightly come out of it. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. Look at it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'm not going to say my darkness finished from there. But my journey towards back towards them, the children properly uh, um, started from there because I was still going through all the other stuff that I was going through, you know, the self-harm and stuff like that. But my focus was on getting back to them. Uh, and so it was just every little bit at a time, really. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also to choose them and not choose the struggle. It's so easy when you're when you're um, yeah. when you're snowed under by negativity and issues and really tough emotions it's actually quite hard to choose something outside of that it's almost it's almost like a drug isn't it yeah and there's there's something really real in those really dark moments as well that somehow make you feel more alive Mm. and that's really really dangerous and it's just that you you've just got to pull away from that desire and find one lighter thing in there just one just one lighter thing and and find it and hold on to it and just keep looking and then that light just keeps getting bigger and brighter and bigger and brighter so long as you make sure you're actually holding onto it Mm. Yeah. yeah um I'd say my darkest moment is most certainly when my mum died and the time leading up to it as well like um so she was she, she was ill with cancer um she was diagnosed only three months before she died so there was a short it was quite oh, wow. a short time yeah. but that time leading up to those three months and then obviously for quite a while after was probably a, a really dark time for me where Everything else, everything else just paled. Everything else that was going on was just like, you know, nothing else. In my mind, the world needs to stop revolving right now because this is going on. Um, yeah, and just like, I think, especially coming up to her death as well, when I knew it was going to happen and just that period of time where it's like, is this actually happening? is this my life? Is this really happening to her, to me, to us? Um, Very, very surreal and very, very dark. And for a long time after as well, I think as well, I was, I was young. So I was still at that point where I wasn't comfortable as I would be now to reach out and talk and, and ask for help and be vulnerable. And even though I had, did have some counseling um, shortly afterwards, like if I look back now, honestly, I don't really think I even opened up properly to the counsellor. Yeah. So, you know, I think I, did, I probably did a lot of burying for a while. And then it was a bit like something you were saying before, Edel, when you were saying something like, I don't even cry. I don't even cry in by myself in my room. 
or you didn't used to or you do now but um I think I went through a, a long period of time possibly even a year where I couldn't face my tears I couldn't cry because it was too painful to allow myself to go there because in order to cry and let it out I had to really go there and face it and I don't think I allowed myself to do that until I got through I think that first year after she died and it was like literally just survived to a point where I felt a tad stronger and able to sit with those feelings you know and and it's well grief is just it's a long process um you know and it doesn't really end as such but it definitely gets better and easier but at that point yeah that was definitely dark both of those are really tough <laughs> really tough yeah um, I said, and, and it's funny isn't it because no matter what those things are there is always a light there just sometimes yeah. it's so dark that you can't actually see it mm. and sometimes sometimes that light has got to come and and tap you on the shoulder almost yeah. if you can actually remember in those moments to look for it maybe you'll find it a bit sooner Mm. I think I would like to think that now when I when I struggle that I find it easier to find a light because I, I you know when you, you've been to places and you understand a lot more when you get to a point and and realize that um, the responsibility I guess of what you're going through and how you feel it lies it lies quite strongly on yourself and how you hold it and how you perceive it um, and where it goes. I think maybe it becomes easier to sort of understand that you have a massive responsibility here as well to take care yeah. of yourself. Yeah. Oh gosh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. If you could look back on your, your both like yourselves and in that period and sort of think if you could, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but if you could sort of say some one thing to yourself back then in during those dark times, what would you say? Cause I think that, when you do reflect and you think oh I wish I could have told myself this at that point what what might that be would you have like done 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 things differently or would would you still be like that's just part of me growing I guess I think for me with my situation I think I I wouldn't have done anything differently I think I did what I needed to do and that was who I was at the time that was how I could handle it at the time being that young as well and you know it was um I don't know I don't know what I'd say to do differently I think I would just I think I would just say don't be afraid of your grief don't be afraid of your grief that's what I would say to myself because I was afraid of my grief it's a tough question um Mm. it's a tough question I mean I think I think maybe I would have liked someone to tell me that my kids were more important than my struggle that feels quite hard to hear or to say that Mm. but I'm not saying that I thought that my struggle was more important than them Mm. But I think I thought it was bigger than them. And I think that my focus very much so was on my ex-husband and I, I put him up on, on a pedestal quite high. And I think for a long period of time, I um, I think I thought maybe that our marriage and me sort of fixing that was, I'm not going to say more importance, but I think it, it ran the show more than the kids did. And I think when children come along, I think they should always come first. 
And I think if I realized that and take, take, took it away from myself and what was going on for me, I think my struggle would have been a lot easier because they're always just magical having them and watching them grow and having the relationship with children. Like there's such a magic and a freedom in that anyway. So I had say, had I been able to look into, I'm getting a bit emotional now. Um, had I been able to look into Enya's eyes every day properly and not that moment when I did when she was seven months old, I think maybe it wouldn't have been so dark in there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the situation is you did what you needed to do for you during that time though. And mm. Yeah. That, yeah that's that's the important thing that's true that's the important yeah. thing because you did what you needed to do to get through yeah that's true yeah no it's true it is true I just I wonder if somebody had pointed that out to me though would I have heard it would it have helped a little sooner than it did like and you know I feel I, I feel guilty sometimes and a bit bad that there's that period of time where I didn't look I didn't see her properly and I'm guessing I didn't really see the other two properly at that time either. It's just that they already had me looking at them for a long time before. But she was so young, she didn't understand it yet. And I sometimes feel guilty that she missed that really. But there's not there's nothing I can do about it. Mm. Um, and she's amazing and we have a fabulous relationship. So thankfully it hasn't actually affected this in that respect. All right, I took the tone down there for a minute, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to lighten the tone. <laughs> La, go for it. Go for it. What, what is your happiest place ever? Oh, gosh, ever. Um, ever. The kids, and I, the kids and I went on a holiday. Well, we've been on a couple of holidays to the Maldives, but the first one that we went on, and we had literally the most incredible time in the whole world. I think that the Maldives is such a magical place, and if everybody can get there, even once in a lifetime, it really just frees your soul. And we had the most amazing time. And when they were going, I thought like, oh, maybe they're too young to understand this and won't really appreciate what it is. But they did. They appreciated every single thing about it, how beautiful it was, the energy of the place, the food, how kind everyone was, the freedom that we had with each other and everything around us. And it was, I have to say, it was the happiest place. And we always, in fact, our dog is called Amila because that's where we went. We went to an island called Amila Fushi. So when we got the dog, I said, what we call her? And then somebody said like, oh, well, She's the best thing in our lives and the greatest holiday we've ever had and the time we had together was in Amila Fushi, so let's call her Amila. So um, that's mine anyway. So I tend to take myself onto the holiday every now and again. <laughs> yeah. Um, my happiest place. Like, I answered that wrong, didn't I, now that I've, now I'm hearing myself. It, it, can, it can be whatever it you is. want it to be, though. It, it can be yeah. a, a place a memory any anything it's yeah. whatever you want it to be yeah I feel I feel so I feel really really happy on the beach in Greece that's mm. I, I don't know whether that's to do with my childhood or what but I feel so free and now having kids as well like whenever we go over there and just watching them play and swim and laugh and build their sand castles and their holes in the sand and playing with the waves it literally makes my heart swell you know as do so many things to do with my children but for me like those things combined is like oh my god this is amazing (laughs) so yeah that would probably be mine but to be honest anywhere that involves my family anywhere that anywhere they are is my happy place cats or dogs 
I can't. I've got I've got one of each. You can't ask me that. <laughs> That's like That's a daughter yeah. or son, isn't it? Yeah, no, can't. your daughter or your son. <laughs> no. Do we get to ask you as well or no? You can do if you like. Yeah. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Cats. Ooh, interesting. I've got a cat, and he's amazing. Oh, cats are amazing. We literally have cat, dog, cat, and dog on this call. <laughs> oh wow! Amazing. Mm. The next one is phone calls or text messages. Phone calls. Phone calls. Phone calls or text messages, Luke. I'm gonna say voice notes. Oh yeah, oh, I love a voice that, note. Me too. I love a voice note. Voice note will do it for me because it's like a phone call, but at your own each other's convenience. Because sometimes yeah. you, know, you can't sync up a call, can you? So it's like, well. And you can re- replay it if you miss stuff out. So you can go, oh, I, because basically some of my friends that I voice note write a list down of stuff that you, that I've said so they can then, because I, I do like five minute <laughs> voice 10 minute notes. voice notes. Yeah, yeah. So they write, <laughs> they write a list down. Well. Kiwi does yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Kiwi does that as well because she's got like um, the twins and Freya are really young and she sometimes doesn't have time. Sometimes they're like 15 minutes long. I'm like, what? Well, I'm just going to answer the end bit and maybe the beginning bit and all the rest yeah. in the middle is just like, I've had a conversation with myself and I don't know what to say to you now. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> I love a voice note. And you know what I love about a voice note as well? If somebody said, like, I had this one voice note actually and somebody laughed and I just loved the sound the in that moment and the laugh that that was given. And I was like, oh, that is just blissful. And I started it. And every, every now and again, if I was feeling like a little, I needed a bit of perk me up, I would like, play that voice and go ah that's just the coolest thing the next one is city break or beach holiday beach holiday easy yeah beach holiday easy yeah yeah Yeah. bath or shower 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 Shower. yeah Yeah. but i wouldn't get rid of my bath so many people get rid of no no i wouldn't either i've i've got a separate bath and shower which is a new thing because i was like i want a bath yeah yeah Plan ahead or take each day as it comes. Plan ahead. Oh, I'm so last minute me. Everybody else would like me to plan ahead, but I'm take each day as it comes. Oh, I hate, I, I have to plan. Ahead. I hate <laughs> feeling like things are not planned or I don't yeah, know well, It's really funny actually, because we're doing a new song on, the, on our next gig. And um, I went to look at it today, to be honest. And I've listened to the track that was sent over but I didn't save it. So I went to look at it properly today and learn lyrics and all that stuff. And then I went into the WeTransfer link and it had expired. It was like, oh no, no. So I have to out myself. So I'm like texting Sinead going, can you send me that thing? She's like, my um, thing was full, so I didn't save it. So I go, Linz, can you send me that thing? She's like, I think I was just listening and I don't have it either. I was like, oh no. I was like, we're all as bad as each other. Then I have to message Martin, the guy who sent it. And I was like, I'm so sorry can you um, redo that link? And he was like, there's always one. And I was like, and it's always me. And he said, I'm not saying a word. <laughs> and I was like, you say effing and blinding in the background. And he was like, well, no, I didn't, but I might've had a little sigh maybe. <laughs> a good book or a good film? A film. I'd love to say book. I would love to say that, but it's not the answer. I think these days, um, I would have probably said a book yeah. before, before having kids. I don't have time to read books really anymore. It's really hard to find the time, isn't it, Lynn? Yeah, really hard. Like, I, I think yeah. I go, I think I do a page a night or something, go through a book a year. It takes me a year to read a book. But and no, then you I have think... to read the page because you forgot what it was. And I go, yeah, it's like, oh, here. Yeah, totally. I, I love reading, but yeah, no, I definitely don't have as much time for it as I'd like. 
What about you, Luke? I'm going to go for a book. Mm. Go in, yeah. Purely because if I've got a good book, I I don't read at all, but if I've got a good book that I know that I want to read, I'll go for it in like a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So uh, when was the last time you read one then? (laughs) I don't read (laughs) (laughs) one. Now the next, the I want to hear. I want to have like a message about like, the next book you've chosen. Yeah, and that you've actually read it. You plan ahead with this I've, one, Luke. Choose a book. I've, so I've got like a shelf because <laughs> like my desk is like a shelf as well. I've got like a shelf that big full of books that I haven't mm. read yet. I I just buy them, so I'm like, oh, that'd be good to read, and then I just don't read it. Oh, yeah, oh, no, that's not good. When I, I but, you know, I I do like to read, and when I get a book that I really like at the time, like I absolutely love it, and I engross myself in it, mm. and I love that it's a different world reading a book, isn't it? Because the movie is giving you what they want to give you, but when you yeah. read a book, you literally kind of transform that into a world of what you want and need yeah. from that book. And then, but I really miss the people at the other end. It really bothers me. The morning or the evening? Oh, well, it depends. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one that because if it's every day I'm going to say morning but if it's like but I do like going out like having some dinner and going dancing if I can it's just so rare nowadays, probably which evening. is very sad I think maybe evening for me because at the moment the mornings are just from the word get-go it's just craziness because kids are so young and it's just like I want this I want that and you're like oh so the mornings are a bit <laughs> So evenings are kind of my downtime. So I suppose I would say evenings at the moment. Yeah, my downtime is my morning time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't tend to get it because my kids are older now. Exactly. By the time they're all in bed, I'm going to bed as well. So I don't yeah. really get an evening. You don't really get an That's evening. why I love it. Yeah, so if I get to go out, out, I really enjoy myself. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's not, in, I don't do that enough. Like, so yeah. yeah, the morning is my downtime. Luke, morning or evening? Evening. Yeah. I think it, I I think that based on what you two have said though that will change when I have kids. Yeah. Yes. Probably. Okay. <laughs> mm. Probably. Well, no, actually, when they're a little bit bigger as well, because when they're teeny tiny, evenings is a lot easier because they get to bed at a really decent hour, so you yeah. actually can have some time to wind down. Yeah. You pack your life into the two hours after they go to bed. Oh, those two hours I miss them. Yeah, <laughs> your life gets stuffed into those two hours. You've got, to, you've got to do all your adult stuff in those two hours. Anything other than that is all about them. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> so scary. Yeah, it does. It's, really, it's a massive change having children. It changes everything. It changes per, your perspective on life. It changes you. It changes everything you know, life as it is. It really does. Fuck. Well, what did you say? Did you say fuck? I said it's a bit of a shock. Oh, you did? <laughs> I thought you meant, oh my God, that is absolutely Larry Lens. I thought you just stared and then went, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I thought that as well. I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> That's some uh, way to end it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming on. <laughs> Right. Luke, thank you thank so you much. So it's much. been really good. It's been a great. Thank you. Chatting. Yeah, it's been great chatting to you, and thanks for coming on. Thanks so Not much. All. Take, Take care. And enjoy your recycling in the morning. Will yeah. do. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See you later. See Bye. You. Bye. 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 Bye.
Thank you so, so much to Lindsay and Adele for coming on the stress sessions. I had to chop a load out because that was so long. Basically, we chatted for ages and ages and ages at the beginning and I didn't actually get to introduce them until an hour in. (laughs) That's never happened before, but it was like, honestly, that was an absolute pleasure and what fantastic guests. Like I so enjoyed that and like just so much nostalgia came back from what 24 years ago when their first album came out I fanboyed a bit but not too much so I'm happy with that but what a great interview like I say in every single episode I am not a professional and I never claim to be and nor do my guests but if you do need any help and you are suffering from mental illness please visit the notes in my podcast notes because there's a really helpful link in there and it will take you to all of the mental health charities tips and hints coping mechanisms so just visit that and you will hopefully be able to get some help and if not please speak to a professional one of your friends a family member or go and see a doctor thank you so so much for listening to the stress sessions again and catch you again next week when i've got another fantastic guest it's a former premier league footballer and you know how much i like football so Speak to you then. Bye.